जयो यमुनातीरावन चारी जयो कुंज विहारी रावण चारे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम कृष्णा हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे कृष्णा हरे प्रभुपदशिला प्रभुपद प्रभुपदशिला प्रभुपद प्रभुपदशिला प्रभुपद प्रभुपदशिला प्रभुपद शिलोपाध ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो 
नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय भगवते वासुदेवाय ग्रंथराश्मागवतम कैंटो सेवन चैप्टर टेन टेक्स्ट एट प्रहलाद द बेस्ट मॉन्ग एक्सॉल्टेड डिवोटीज द चैप्टर इंद्रियाणी मन प्राण आत्मा धर्मो धर्मोधृतिर्मति धर्मोधृतिर्मतिश्रीस्तेज स्मृति सत्यम स्मृति सत्यम यश्यन्ति जन्मना शि जन्मना इंद्रियाणी मन प्राण आत्मा धर्मो धर्मोधृतिर्मति ऋश्रीस्तेज स्मृति सत्यम यश्यन्ति जन्मना इंद्रियाणी मन प्राण मन प्राण आत्मा धर्मो धर्मोधृतिर्मति ऋश्रीस्तेज स्मृति सत्यम स्मृति सत्यम यश्यन्ति जन्मना नश्यन्ति जन्मना 
senses manaha the mind pranaha the life air atma the body dharma religion dhrutihi patience matihi intelligence ri shyness Shri, opulence, Tejaha, strength, Smritihi, memory, Satyam, truthfulness, Yasya, of which lusty desires, Nashyanti, are vanquished, Janmana, from the very beginning of birth. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta, Swami Shri Prabhupada. Translation. O oh my Lord, because of lusty desires, from the very beginning of one's birth, the functions of one's senses, mind, life, body, religion, patience, intelligence, shyness, opulence, strength, memory and truthfulness are vanquished. Purport. As stated in Srimad Bhagavatam, Kamam Rudisamroham, Kamam Rudam, Kamam Rudrogam. Kamam Rudisamroham comes in earlier verse here. Materialistic life means that one is afflicted by a formidable disease called lusty desire. Liberation means freedom from lusty desires because it is only due to such desires that one must accept repeated birth and death. As long as one's lusty desires are unfulfilled, one must take birth after birth to fulfill them. Because of material desires, therefore, one performs various types of activities and receives various types of bodies which, with which to try to fulfill desires that are never satisfied. The only remedy is to take to devotional service which begins when one is free from all material desires. Anya abhilashita shunyam. Anya abhilashita means material desires and shunyam means free from. The spiritual soul has spiritual activities and spiritual desires as described by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Mamo janmani janmani shware bhavatad bhakti rahetu kitoi. Unalloyed devotion to the service of the Lord is the only spiritual desire. To fulfill this spiritual desire, however, one must be free from all material desires. Desirelessness means freedom from material desires. This is described by Srila Rupa Goswami as Anya Abhilashita Shunyam. As soon as one has material desires, one loses his spiritual identity. In all the paraphernalia of one's life, including one's senses, body, religion, patience and intelligence, are deviated from one's original Krishna consciousness. As soon as one has material desires, one cannot properly use the senses, intelligence, mind, and so on for the satisfaction of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Mayavadi philosophers want to become impersonal, senseless, and mind impersonal, senseless, and mindless, but that is not possible. The living entity must be living, always existing with desires, ambitions, and so on. These should be purified. 
however, so that one can desire spiritually and be spiritually ambitious without material contamination. In every living entity, these, proportionate, these propensities exist because he is a living entity. When materially contaminated, however, one is put into the hands of material misery, Janma Mrityu If one wants to stop repeated birth and death, one must take to the devotional service of the Lord, Sarvopadhi Vinirmuktam Tatparatvena Nirmalam Rishikena Rishikesha Sevanam Bhakti Ruchyate Bhakti or devotional service means engaging all our senses in the service of the Lord or the Supreme, the Supreme Personality of God is the master of all the senses. When the spirit soul renders service unto the Supreme, there are two side effects. One is freed from all material designations and simply by being employed in the service of the Lord, one's senses are purified. Aumakyanatimirandhasya gyananjanishalakaya Chakshurun militam yena tasmai shri gurave namaha Nama Om Vishnupadaya Krishna Prishtaya Bhutale Shrimate Bhakti Vedanta Swami Itinamine Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Shunyavadi Pashatya Deshatarine Vanchakalpatarubhyascha Kripasindhu Bhyebacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhara Shri Vasadi Gaurabhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare And dear Lord, please guide us all as we dive deep into the thoughts and the heart of your pure devotee Prahlad and try to learn from his example to follow and develop similar devotion. Hare Krishna So I'm grateful to be here with all of you today. And today we are discussing one of the most beautiful sections in the Srimad Bhagavatam. This is the reciprocation between Prahlad and Narsimhadev. So before we dive into this verse, I would like to give a brief overview of the context in which this verse is happening. Now, the Srimad Bhagavatam has described Prahalad's devotion over many chapters. His devotion in the face of extraordinary opposition. This narrative starts almost from chapter 4. And now we are in chapter 10. This is where this particular narrative is going to end. Now of course, the narrative itself starts from chapter 1. But Prahalad's entry is more or less from chapter 4 onwards. Mm-hmm. And chapter 9 was where, where uh, Prahlad offers prayers. Toward the end, in, to, in chapter 8, Hiranyakashipu is uh, delivered, destroyed and delivered by Narsimhadev. And then Narsimhadev is pacified by prayers of Prahlad after no one else is able to pacify the Lord. And now, at the end of his prayers, 
that is chapter 9 ending the lord says you have pleased me immensely now you tell me what do you desire and there are basically four interactions in terms of the conversations see this prahlad narasimha pastime is remarkable in fact most of the Bhagavatam, apart from the 10th canto, the Lord speaks very little. In the first canto, Krishna is there from, Krishna appears in the 7th chapter. And Krishna is there in the 15th chapter where he disappears. But practically speaking, there is hardly any verse where Krishna is speaking. Sri Bhagavan Uvacha is not there. It is Krishna is receiving and reciprocate, receiving worship and affection and reciprocating. So, of course, Krishna speaks a lot in the 10th canto in his loving pastimes. But in general, in the Bhagavatam, the focus is on the remembrance of the Lord. What the Lord did and how we remember him. The Lord's words are there. They are prominently in the Bhagavad Gita. So, here, if you see, there are four reciprocations. The long set of prayers, there are Prahalad's prayers in the ninth chapter. And then there is a brief response by Narsimhadev. So Narsimha's response. And then that, that is also in 7.9. And then here in 7.10, again there are Prahalad's prayers. And then again, and again there is a brief response by Narasimhadev's response. And then after that, the Lord departs. Mm-hmm. The Lord gives, it's not just Narasimhadev's response in terms of, the Lord also gives him some instructions over there. And then he departs. So now we are coming toward the end of the second set of prayers. The first set of prayers were much longer. And they are often high, many of them are very frequently quoted uh, that verse was often Shila Prabhupada also quoted very often and many other verses like that now in the second set of verses what exactly is going on and sometimes if you look at the verses in isolation we feel this is such a reciprocation of pure devotion where Prahlad has already proven without doubt that he is beyond karma he has no selfish desire at all. Otherwise, he would not have been able to be ready to give up his life just to stay faithful to Lord Narasimhadev, whom he had not even seen till then, to Lord Vishnu. So, that, why is he talking? When he's already demonstrated such exalted pure devotion, why is he talking about lust and the destructive effects of lust? Janmana. By all these, the... All these are destroyed by yasya, that is referring to the previous verse what was described, kamaha. That by that kama, all these things are destroyed. So to understand this, let's try to have an overview of the verses to understand the thought flow over here. One of the benefits that we have of reading the reciprocations between the Lord is that we get a glimpse into devotional psychology. How a devotee thinks and how the Lord thinks. And then we can try to also direct our thoughts in a similar direction. It's not easy, but we can try at least. 
So let's see what Prahalad is saying in his prayers. So his prayers begin here from 2 and they go till 10. It's interesting that is the last verse is just a, a glorification. It is it's more like offering obeisances. So let's look at what's happening over here in terms of the prayers. So I'll just explain the prayers quickly and then we'll write something down. So the first verse he says is Shri Prahalad Vaja Mamam Pralobayot Patya Saktam Kameshu Tairvarei Tatsangbhito Nirvinno Mumukshu Stvamupashtutaha So in the first prayer he is saying, don't tempt me O Lord. This is very interesting. Normally we would say to Maya, don't tempt me. But he is saying, don't tempt me O Lord. Mamam Pralobayot Patya So that is the first prayer. And I, each of these, I'll try to explain in a way that we can see the thought flow. We're trying to understand the devotional psychology over here. So don't tempt me. Tadbhita Sangha Nirvindo. He says that, my dear Lord, it is to, it is because I'm afraid of material desires and material entanglement that I came to you. Now, if you tempt me with material desires, where will I go? He said, Tatsangha Bhita Nirvindo. I'm afraid of Bhita. As afraid of material desire, that's why I came to you. I took shelter of you because I wanted to be free from material desires. Let's see if it works this way. So he is saying that. Let's go this way. First is, the second verse, don't tempt me. Because I came for protection. Mm -hmm. I came to you for protection from material desires. Then he goes on and says that, okay, why do you need protection? So he says, Pratyalakshana mm, Jigyasur. You know, this is one of the few verses where actually Prahlad talks about his mission in the world. He says, my dear Lord, you have sent me to this world. Pratyalakshana Jigyasur. Jigyasu is those who are eager if they want to know what are the characteristics of your pure servant? You have sent me here to demonstrate the characteristics of a pure devotee. So he is emphasizing here that So, thank you. Vritya <laughs> Lakshana. Thank you. So now, but then he says, Bhavana Samsara Bija. He says, while you have sent me for a particular mission over here, but just coming to this material world and acquiring a material body means that one becomes vulnerable to material desires. So oh, we may do a particular service, say we go for book distribution. Our purpose may be pure. I just want to share Krishna's message. But if we go in a materialistic setting, we go where people are partying, people are having fun, and we certain so-called fun, we see those things, we may get tempted. So Ajamil had gone for service to get firewood, but he saw something and he got tempted. So he says here that, my dear Lord, you have, why should you not tempt me? The first verse, don't tempt me, I've come to you for protection, he says, because you have sent me on a mission, but 
while on the mission, I am vulnerable. Hmm? So both things he says. I am on a mission. I am on a mission sent by you and I am vulnerable. So while our service does protect us, but that does not mean that we can afford to neglect our common sense. That we have to be aware of our triggers, our dangers and protect ourselves. So he's saying, please don't tempt me because I won't be able to do the service that you want me to do. That is to demonstrate the characteristics of pure devotee. Then after that he says, but then actually you cannot tempt anyone. He says that you are actually very you, you are nanyathate akhila guru. You are the spiritual master of everyone. So you cannot tempt anyone. Gate the karunatmanaha. You are very compassionate. Because you are compassionate, you cannot actually tempt anyone. However, yasya ashish ashaste. Nasa bhrutyaha savaivanik. So now he is going deeper. This is where the heart of this uh, whole section comes in. He is talking about, okay, Bhritya Lakshana Jigyashur. You know, this, the key words in this whole series is that, demonstrating the characteristics of a pure devotee. Bhritya Lakshana Jigyashur. Those who want to know, they should demonstrate that. So he is saying that, now he, he starts by saying that, you will never tempt anyone. You will never distract anyone. But on the other hand, someone who gets tempted, someone who comes to you for such desires is actually not a pure servant. That person is not a servitor. That person is a, is a trader. Hmm? So that's the next verse where he speaks that the person who comes to you, actually you you don't tempt, you don't cause fall of anyone. You don't cause the fall of anyone, but, so we could put it at those who seek material desires, those who seek material pleasure from you, whatever it may be, they are not servitors, they are traders. Vanik. And then at this point, the question may come that there are so many people who actually go to God for this purpose only. Isn't it? Prabhupada said that when we come in front of the deities, how do we know whether we are Krishna conscious? So one of the times he said, it's, if you come in front of the deities and you feel Krishna is asking you, what are you doing for me? If you feel Krishna asking this question to you, then you are Krishna conscious. Most people, when they come into the temple, they go in front of the deities and ask, what are you doing for me? <laughs> I have this problem and I have that problem and I have been praying so much and I have this, done this puja and I have done that fratha and I have given this much charity. What are you doing for me? So, <laughs> that is the common question that most people have from God. But, what he says in the next verse is, so, so this, but this goes on. Isn't it? Millions of people come to God for this purpose only. And they seem to get their desires fulfilled also, sometimes. Hmm? And people don't go to gods, people go to others also. There are people who go to demigods. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, in the section on demigod worship, in the... Oh, it's gone. 
In the section on demigod worship, when Krishna in 7.20 to 23, he talks about the worship of the devatas. There, there first he starts as Anya Devata. Kama Jnana Prapadyante Anya Devata. So let's keep it this way only. So in 20, he talks about Anya Devata. But in 21, he expands the scope further. And says, Yo yo yam yam tanum bhakta shaddayarchitumichati. Whatever form someone worships. So, whatever form, yo yo yam yam tanum. Tanum is form. Whatever form someone worships, Krishna says, I give them faith in that. So, the whatever form is a very inclusive thing. There can be the devtas, there are demigods, and then there are semigods. What are semigods? Say me God. <laughs> that I am God. They worship me as if I am God. So there are people like that also. And those people, people go to them and worship them. And it seems that why would they keep worshipping unless they get something out of it? So here now, Prahlad contrasts a pure relationship pure master-servant relationship with an impure relationship. And in the first, he, so we are going over the verse now. Here, if we go back. Okay, this has become too crowded. We have come till text 4. So let's continue with text 5 from here onwards. Or, better do it like this. So let's look at what verse text 5 is saying. 5 and 6 are the... So he talks first about the impure relationship and then he talks about the pure relationship. So, Asha Sano Nasavai Bhritya. That Asha Sano, if somebody is seeking fulfillment of desires, Navai Bhritya. Such a person is actually not a true servant. Swami, Swami Nyashish Atmanaha. On the other hand, if a master, Na Swami Bhritya Swamya, Ichanyo Rati Chashishaha. So he says that na swaminya. On the other hand, if the master is very insecure, that if I don't fulfill this person's desires, this person will go away. Then that person, that master is also not an authentic master. That master now here, right in the first canto, Prabhupada makes it very clear that when the words master and servant are used. Now he says, this is not like a material relationship. Prabhupada says, this is the most congenial form of intimacy, the master-servant relationship. Hmm. So, the word servant often jars people. Mm -hmm. But the point is, that's not because being a servant is a problem. The, the problem is that being a servant in the material world, the experience that we have is quite negative. When there is a pure master-servant relationship, the master is actually the, a great well-wisher of the servant. And the master wants the best for the servant. So, we could compare this to a doctor-patient relationship. Now, patient is really sick. And the doctor gives some prescription by which the patient will be healed. But that prescription has certain demands. Okay, don't eat this food. 
I don't do this kind of exercise. Now sometimes the, if the patient, if the treatment is a bit demanding, and the patient may say, I, I don't want to do this. I want to go somewhere else. Then the doctor is very insecure. The doctor thinks, you know, okay, if my patients go away, then what will happen to me? And because of that, the doctor starts diluting the treatment. Now the doctor may dilute the treatment, the patient may stay with the doctor, but the but the purpose of that relationship is not being done, served. The patient is not being cured. So the point here is, first in the sixth, in this fifth verse, if we go over here, he talks about this impure relationship. Impure relationship. In this, what happens? The servant has, the servant has often self-defeating or self-destructive desires that are harmful to oneself and the master is insecure and he's saying thereafter my dear lord i don't want to be such a master such a servant and i know that you are not such a master that's the next verse so then he's talking about the pure relationship this is what his aspiration is so, aham tu akamas tuad bhaktas tuam cha swami anapashrayaha aham akamas tuam bhaktas I do not want to be a devotee with worldly desires. And tuam cha swami anapashrayaha You are a master. You, see, there are some people who have a need to be needed. Hmm? They have a need to be needed. If they are at a place and nobody comes to talk with them, say, what am I doing at this place also? They, they feel as if, if nobody is approaching them, then they have become valueless. So, such a so actually, they are in one sense taking shelter of those who are taking shelter of them. They are taking shelter of those who are taking shelter of them. Now, as, as psycholo psychologically, we all have different needs. But the point is, if if a person has a need to be needed, then often that need can also be exploited. Hmm? You do not need any other shelter. Hmm? We generally talk about wants and needs. Needs are something that we can't live without. Hmm? Wants are something extra. So from the perspective, from our perspective, we, do, we want to move from wants to needs. We want to live according to our needs. Now, on the other hand, from Krishna's perspective, Krishna does not need us. He wants us. Hmm? Krishna does not need us. Krishna is fully happy. Krishna is Swarat. Krishna is Atmaram. Krishna is Om Purna Madaha Purna Vidam. Krishna doesn't need us. But Krishna wants us. Krishna is full in himself and he wants us so that we all can relish the fullness of his existence. Mm -hmm. So, we don't want Krishna but we need Krishna. <laughs> Often, <laughs> we don't feel there are any strong desires for Krishna but without Krishna, we can't exist. So, this is this, this Krishna and us if we consider, he doesn't need us. But he wants us. 
So his wanting us is actually a sign of his love. On the other hand, if we consider we and Krishna, we actually need Krishna, but we don't want him. Sorry, the other way. We, why do we need Krishna? Because without him we can't exist in the material world. Whatever we need for existence is dependent on him. That's what the 15th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, Jnana Chakshu section says. How our entire existence is dependent on him. Without the sun we can't exist. Krishna is the light of the sun. He says, Aham Vaishvanaro Bhutva Praninam Deham Ashrita. He says that I am the digestive fire. Now, without the digestion of food, we would have no energy. The only time, however, we think of our digestion is when it doesn't work. <laughs> but the point is that we, while we need Krishna, we don't want Him. So in bhakti, first we want to come to the level of recognizing that we need Krishna. That I am dependent on Krishna. But beyond that, we want to go to the level of wanting Krishna. Tatra laulyam apimaulyam ekalam. We want to want Krishna. So, Swamcha Swami Anapashiraya. He says, You have no need to need, you don't need us. So, so here it is what is being said over here is as far as the in the pure relationship, the servant has no other desires except to serve. And the master has Anapashiraya has no need to be needed. The master is basically is doesn't need any shelter. The master is completely shelterless. And this is the relationship he says, I want with you, O Lord. That Nanithate or apart from that I don't want anything. Raja Sevakayoriva. And he gives an example of the king and a servant. And then in the previous verse, which came before this, he says that, okay, so if we look at the series of verses, that please don't tempt me. Uh, actually, you have sent me on a mission, but I am vulnerable. And you can never tempt. But everybody who comes to the material world has desires. And you, you also reciprocate with such people. But you are not an insecure master. And I don't want to be an impure servant. You are the secure master and I want to be a pure servant. And to be able to demonstrate that, you have sent me on a mission to demonstrate this pure master-servant relationship. And to be able to demonstrate that, I need a benediction from you. And what is, that? What is the benediction? What is the desire that I have? The desire that I have is that I have no desires. That I be free from all material desires. So this was the previous verse. Yadidasya sime kaman varam stvam varadharishabha kamanam rudiham samroham bhavatastu vrune varam vrune varam varam You, O Lord, if you want to give me any benediction at all, yadidasya si, to the servant, me kaman. So, so he says, Varams tvam varadarshabha. So he uses the word vara three times over here. Varams, varadarshabha and varum. So thrice that word comes. 
So normally when people think of vara for blessings, they think, okay, I want power, I want wealth, I want this, I want that. You know, I was Varana, in Varanasi a few times ago, and there was uh, we, we were going to the Kashi Vishwanath temple, we saw Hanuman temple over there. And there, right on the temple it was written. Like, you know, when you enter the temple, Tum to ho bala brahmachari, mujhe de do ek nari. <laughs> <laughs> you are a lifelong celebrate. Please bless me with a woman. <laughs> so, the idea is that material desires are so common. That's the idea of vara. Whenever blessings are asked for, we generally ask for material blessings. But he says, Kama nam asamroham. I want to be free from all desires, all material desires. Kamanam refers here to material desires. Bhavatastu varam. If at all you want to give me the benediction, this is what you should give me. This is what I aspire from. And then after making this prayer, see, in general, whenever we desire something, this is just normal psychology also, that if we make a resolution, Say, in New Year we make a resolution, Karthik, we devotees do some Vrata. So now to stick to that Vrata, what is required is, we need to be able to have the starkest picture, the clearest picture, as clear as possible, of what will happen if I stick to this Vrata and what will happen if I don't stick to this. Say, for example, somebody wants to give up a bad habit. Now, if they want to give up the bad habit, the clearer the picture of where this bad habit is going to land me in future. The clearer the picture that we have, oh, I don't want to go there. And the clearer the picture of where we can reach if we become free from that habit. That is what will inspire us. So it's like, generally speaking in life, say if we come to a crossroad, the two roads may not seem to be much divergent. One step doesn't make any difference. But, you know, maybe a thousand steps down the line, there is a huge difference. So, when we make resolutions, if we can have this long-term picture, so if this is the positive behavior, this is the negative behavior, and this is the result. So, the clearer the picture of the result that we have, the stronger will be our resolution. Yeah, I want to go in this direction, I don't want to go in that direction. Otherwise, we may think, okay, you know, one little indulgence, one thing, what, what difference does it make? One little laxity, what difference does it make? So, Prahalad in these two verses is actually drawing this contrast. So, the verse that we recited today, he is talking about the negative result. Where karma can land a person, that is, that a person's entire life can be destroyed. Every single faculty of the person can be captivated by selfish desires. And once that is captivated, that person will be destroyed. The whole life will be destroyed. Aghayur Indriyaramo. The Mogham Parthasa Jeevati. In 316 in the Bhagavad Gita, it says, Mogham, the whole life can get wasted. So, the eighth verse is talking about the complete negative extreme that a person might get to. And the ninth verse talks about the positive extreme. That is going to come tomorrow. So, exactly the opposite. If there is karma, a person will go down this way. If there is no karma, Vimuchyati Yada Kaman Manavo Manasi Sthitan 
So manasi sthitan, the karma that is there in the heart, if one becomes free from that, what will happen? So, <clears throat> pundari kaksha, I'm not going to go over the whole verse because we don't have the time this. Bhagavatvaya kalpate, that he will attain your divine nature, he will attain opulence like yours, he will attain essentially your abode. Sometimes when we look at the Sanskrit and we look at the English, now we, again the next verse also might seem a little odd. Why, why, would, uh, why would Prahlad want opulence like God's? Isn't it? That. But the point is that when he is saying opulence like Bhagavatvaya Kalpate, what it essentially means is he will attain proximity with the Lord. He will attain liberation. He will be eternally united with the Lord. Madbhavam Agataha. For example, in 410 in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says that those who become purified, they attain my nature. Bhagavatvaya Kalpate. So, in that sense, the eighth verse is talking about the ninth, negative result and the ninth verse is talking about the positive result and he is himself drawing out a contrast when we make a request that that okay why do i want something mm -hmm. so the strong the the more earnest our request is the more likely mm, to somebody who is granting the request is likely to give it mm -hmm. So nowadays, nowadays uh, all this uh, spiritual content is so easily available for us. There is YouTube, there is, there is podcasts. We can very easily hear. But when I was introduced to Bhakti about 25 years ago, uh, we didn't have, we used to have those big cassettes. And we need to have uh, like a tape record on which we would play the cassette to hear. So I told one senior devotee, you know that, you know you have these recordings of... Uh, of my spiritual master, can you give me those recordings? He says, why do you want them? He said, I told him, I have vacation now and I have some time to hear. He said, you know, I won't give you. I said, why? He said, you should have said, you know, without hearing the words of my spiritual master, my life will go waste. You please help me to ensure that my life doesn't get wasted. So if you had said that, I would have given you. <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course, he was joking. He gave it to me, but he said yeah, it was a memorable it was a example for me that how it, uh, we need to have an earnest desire, and if we express the desire in a very earnest way, naturally the Lord will will grant it to us. So we may sometimes come and Krishna, please help me remember you. And after that two minutes, I forgot, I don't even remember that I asked Krishna to help me to remember you. <laughs> so, if a prayer, prayer is very casual, then why should Krishna fulfill it? Now, Krishna can fulfill any prayer, but Krishna wants to see how earnest we are in our prayers. So, Krishna, please help me to remember you day after day, week after week, month after month is just going on without I being able to remember you. I am remembering so many frivolous things. I am wasting my life. If you don't bless me, Krishna, I will not be able to remember you. Please, let me remember you. Only then, I can, I can reciprocate with my spiritual master, Vichila Prabhupada, and offer my heart to them, and offer my life in service to them. Please, let me remember you. 
सो वैन द प्रेयर इज मोर हार्ट फेल्ट दैन द लॉर्ड रेसिप्रोकेट्स वो ये थामाम प्रपद्यंते ताम सथैव बचाम्यहम सो अगेन गोइंग बैक टू द वृत्त्य लक्षण जिज्ञासु दैट दिस कैरेक्टरिस्टिक्स ऑफ अ प्योर डिवोटी अ प्योर डिवोटी इज characterized by not just a pure desire for krishna it is also characterized by very the is also characterized by a very strong desire for krishna without a strong desire prabhupad couldn't have left india all alone at the age of 70 to come to america and try to share bhakti so in fact his desire was so strong that it overcame all obstacles no that 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 is the kind of desire that we aspire for so and we all have the power to desire like that but unfortunately our desires are dissipated they distributed i desire this also i desire that also i desire that also i desire that also and then in that process krishna just becomes one upon 1000 one among 1011 desires is there somewhere but that is not very effective bahushakhayanantascha buddhayo avyavasainam the last verse that prahlad speaks he concludes by saying that it is is offering obeisances he says i have when he is offering obeisances he is basically acknowledging to this verse acknowledging the lord's omnipotence the lord you can give whatever you want om namo bhagavate tubhyam पुरुषा महात्मने महात्मने यू आर द ग्रेट बीइंग सो हरये अद्भुत सिंहाय ब्रह्मणे परमात्मने सो बेसिकली वेरियस कंसेप्शन ऑफ डिविनिटी दैट माइट बी देयर ब्रह्मण परमात्मा महात्मा पुरुषा दीज आर ऑल इन सांख्या एंड अद्वैत वेदांता देर आर वेरियस कंसेप्शन ही इन वन सेंस इंटीग्रेटिंग ऑल दोज कंसेप्शन ओवर हियर and he saying you are the omnipotent lord you are capable of giving benedictions and i just offer my obeisances to you so in this way he is demonstrating the characteristics of a pure devotee for all of us to learn that a pure devotee is transcendental but the transcendental doesn't mean that the pure devotee is not aware that this world is a dangerous place is aware the pure devotee is aware and the pure devotee is cautious is alert is cautious so that prahlad starts by saying don't tempt me o lord and then he shows us the heart of a pure devotee by aspiring for purity with great fervency and then he ends with an expression of submission and surrender you are the supreme lord and i have faith in your supremacy i offer my obeisances to you so the prayer about kama and its destructive power is not so much that prahlad thinks this is all going to happen to him but he is aware that this is the downward spiral <coughs> that kama can take us down okay down and that's why he doesn't want to even take one step in that direction he wants to be extremely cautious and he's saying my dear lord please purify me please free me from worldly desires so i'll summarize what we discussed today i talked about started by the overview of the reciprocations so this is there are, the whole past time is prahlad demonstrating pure devotion and then there are four reciprocations between prahlad and narsimhadev first prahlad offers prayer then narsimhadev reciprocates then prahlad offers prayers again and then narsimhadev reciprocates 
So we are in this second, second set of prayers offered by Prahlad. And we did an overview of those prayers, that how in these prayers, what is Prahlad doing? He is actually saying that, uh, don't tempt, because, I'm, because we are all vulnerable. Although he has come on a pure mission, but just being in the material world means yeah, we are vulnerable. So to stay on mission, what does he do? He uses contrast. He contrasts between an impure master-servant relationship and a pure master-servant relationship. And then he seeks purity. He seeks purity of the heart. And to bolster that prayer, again he does a contrast. He says, impurity and its results, he says, and then purity and its results. And then he concludes by offering obeisances at the end. So the idea is that Prahlad is essentially demonstrating hmm, the characteristics of pure devotion to all of us. And by this, he has demonstrated the characteristics throughout his life also. He is demonstrating it through his prayers. And we can get a glimpse into that and we can get similar inspiration to try to also aspire for pure devotion. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Yes. 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 of the first canto, Prabhupada's purport there, where he mentions the most congenial form of intimacy. Yes. And verse 6 in this chapter is giving some insight to that, you know, the relationship or the natural relationship of a servant to the master and vice versa. And congenial I can easily understand, it's very pleasing. But the concept of intimacy in a servant-master relationship is a little bit hard for me to grasp. Mm. I wonder if you could shed some light on that. Yeah, thank you. So, and Prabhupada uses this word congenial form of intimacy. So, congenial we can say is affectionate, but then how is that relationship exactly intimate? Well, if you want to look at intimacy, the example say could be Hanuman and Ram. Mm. Now, Hanuman understands the heart of Ram. Ram understands the heart of Anuman. Although this is clearly it's a vertical relationship. In the sense that Ram is the master and Hanuman is the servant. But we do see that there is a very deep affection. Very, very deep mutual understanding of each other. So, according to the South Indian retelling of the uh, of, uh, of the Ramayana, According to that, they say that normally when Ra, when say when Hanuman comes back, hmm, so he Ram is here to know what happened. So normally we say Sita has been found, but in a poetic way when they render it, it says found is Sita. Yes, why? Because found is the most important word over there. So he starts with that. He knows Ram is in such anxiety that he wants to share that, and then. The Sri Vaishnava Acharya described that at the whole, after that whole thing that happens, Lord Ram is so happy and he says, I want to reward you. You've done such service. But now I'm in exile. I have nothing to offer you now. So he says, I have nothing except an embrace. 
and Hanuman is thinking, you know, this form is the form which is the shelter of the goddess of fortune. This form is the supreme opulence. And the Lord is offering me an embrace. The Lord is offering me himself. The Lord is offering me the highest blessing that can be offered. So, the Lord is thinking, I have nothing to give. And Hanuman is thinking, you have given me everything. You are giving me the ultimate thing. The normal master-servant relationships, I am giving you so much, the master is thinking. The servant is thinking, you are giving me so little. <laughs> so, that if we consider intimacy in terms of a, the understanding of the heart. So there is, in, intimacy is basically the master and the servant, they understand each other very well. So when two people have a very good understanding, then even without speaking much words, a lot is communicated. So just the gestures of the face, to the movements of the eyes. And in that sense, the master-servant relationship is very intimate. So, and Raktak and Patrak, for example, are, are fanning Krishna. At that time, they are fanning Krishna and they're beholding the beauty of Krishna. And they feel delighted on seeing the beauty of Krishna. But at the same time, they feel that, you know, oh, as tears of ecstasy are coming down their eyes as they're beholding Krishna, they start feeling that, oh, we will not be able to see clearly where Krishna is getting some sweat and we will not be able to fan him properly. So they say, I don't want this ecstasy. Let these tears go away so that I can see clearly and I can fan Krishna better. So that is again a form of intimacy that actually the devotee is concerned so much about Krishna's comfort that a devotee doesn't even want ecstasy. So there is that heart to heart bond. So, a deep mutual understanding is what is the characteristic of intimacy in this sense. So, it, the vertical hierarchical aspect of the relationship may still be there, but that doesn't prevent it from there being a very implicit understanding of each other's heart. That's what Prabhupada also talks about, a first class servant. The first class servant not only understands the instruction, but also understands the intention behind the instruction and is therefore able to fulfill that underlying purpose also. Does it answer the question? Thank you. Any other questions or comments? Prabhu. Yeah. Thank you so much for the wonderful class, Prabhu. So we were talking about austerities. So we see that we have, we sometimes take physical austerities like avoiding some kind of sweets or something during this month and uh, subtle austerities are there. Which of these two are more important because from a point of seeing where they actually lead up to the results, the physical austerities we may be able to tangibly say this is where it leads to but coming to a subtle austerity we may not be able to measure to an extent maybe we don't have that kind of a knowledge. Yeah, That's So how do we, uh, which of these austerities is on a higher platform? Well. See, there is, rather than thinking of what is on a higher platform, it's more important thing, what is, more important question is what will take me higher? Hmm? Yes. So, what will take me higher? Because from where we are, you know, we can try to perform the highest austerity, but if it is impractical for us, or if it is not so relevant for us, then it may not help us much. So, we can look at our particular situation, and what do I need the most for my growth in bhakti? 
Hmm? We evaluate that and based on that we take some resolutions. And in general, affirmative resolutions are more important than restrictive re regulative resolutions. What I am going to do is more important than what I am not going to do. So it could be that you know, I recite a certain set of prayers every day, I chant some extra rounds, I read Bhagavatam, I hear class. Yes, giving up certain things are also, is also good, no doubt. But the important thing is, I, in, now if you consider subtle and gross austerities, the very point of them, them being subtle means that you cannot get a gross visualization of them. So then, the, when I was talking here, the point is that when we, when do we have a strong desire, strong motivation? I'm using motivation not in the sense of uh, motivated devotional service, motivation in the sense of the, the self-help sense of motivation, that we have, the ins we have the power, the inspiration, the dedication to do something. So when we have, that's what we need to have. Now, if for something subtle, we, need, we want to have that, that's also fine. If we already have that, maybe we have heard some classes, and uh, because of that we want to give up something subtle. And if we are inspired for that, that's good enough. So I'm using the word motivation in the sense of inspiration. So if we have the inspiration to stick to a resolution, which we think is important for us, then go, whether it is subtle or gross doesn't matter. But here I was talking more about if we want to get the inspiration, then in general trying to think of the consequences this way and that way. That's helpful. Sure. Thank you, Thank you Prabhupada. Just one more question, Prabhupada, if you don't mind. I can just come back to you. Any other, okay. Anybody else has any questions? Can we come back to you? Yeah, okay. Mataji, yes, please. Mm -hmm. You have another mic here? or We'll come back to you then. Yeah. yeah. We'll, I said we'll come back to you. Okay, we will come back to you, right? <laughs> I think my words and my gestures were not <laughs> synchronized. <laughs> okay. Hare Krishna Prabhuji, thank you for the wonderful class. Prabhu, you mentioned our Prahlad Maharaj prayers um, that to Narsimadev, please don't tempt me for these material benedictions. But Prabhu, we're always encouraged to take these material benedictions and use them in the service of Lord Krishna. So how do we understand this? Okay, good question. <laughs> See, on one side is that a devotee desires to serve the Lord. And if we, if we love the Lord, we want to offer the best to the Lord. And while we are in the material world, the best, we would like to offer the best material things to the Lord. If a devotee wants to build a temple for the Lord, the, the, the Lord would, devotee would want the best possible temple. Uh, so we would like to, if you are cooking something for Krishna, we would like to cook the best possible things for Krishna. So in that sense, uh, if we consider say, a devotee is here in the material world and Krishna is above here. So now, uh, in one sense we want to offer our heart to Krishna. But we also want to offer things from this world to Krishna. So a devotee doesn't want desires that end with the object. Hmm? I want this object for myself. So what is the test that we are not wanting the objects for ourselves? That is that, two things. That my desire for that object is not more than my desire for Krishna. Hmm? 
सकते इफ आई डिजायर डिस्ट्रीब्यूटिंग but is, are we remembering krishna more or are we remembering oh if i distribute so many books then people will glorify me so much what are we remembering the point is even our desire to serve krishna in the overall sense should increase our remembrance of krishna mm-hmm. and secondly if that desire is not fulfilled if somehow that doesn't work out then do we still remember krishna or not mm-hmm. so we so in one sense if this works out that is great but this desire should not become stronger and if that desire should not become the condition for serving krishna and that's what we see in prabhupada's life was 40 years he he was trying to do so much outreach but it didn't work prabhupada's spirit didn't decrease prabhupada was still enthusiastic to serve krishna so for us yes if we get material objects and we can use them in krishna service that's wonderful but when prahlad is speaking over here he is saying that my dear lord these objects they have the capacity to take me take me away from you so please don't tempt me that way now if if we if we are to take those words literally then we could say that actually prahlad said don't tempt me and lord narasimha dev made prahlad the king so the lord actually tempted prahlad is it it no the lord so the point was let these these objects not take me away from you now prabhupada once told his disciples his leaders he says krishna can give you the whole world in 18 days but are you pure enough to read take it so that means that you know if we get that much power and influence and everything will we be able to stay pure so yes if benedictions come we can accept them but we need to be cautious that they can take us away from krishna so we all so need to have a stronger desire for krishna okay thank you prabhu prabhu ji you were mentioning um, that the more heartfelt of our prayers are more reciprocation we get from the lord but sometimes we see as devotees we know the right words to pray because we've heard so like we've read so many books or you know we've heard the philosophy so sometimes even the right words become mechanical in terms of our offering so we know like oh i'm the servant of the servant like you know we know the right words or you know we know the right words lord give me pure devotional service so we know the right mm-hmm. words but sometimes they they also then tend to become mechanical over time so yes, how do we still keep that essence and that mood of like giving deep and heartful prayers with these right words as well yeah it's difficult two three things one is change the words that's why while there are it's important to uh, offer the prayers of the acharyas prayers from scripture it's also important to offer prayers in our own words the whole prabhupada whole, whole point of realizing prabhupada said is it means to speak in your own words see our words bring a part of ourselves into into the into whatever we are speaking generally everybody has their voice of course we have a verbal voice and if you are hearing audio recording if you just hear the person's voice you can know oh, this is this person speaking 
But like that, we also have a written voice. Uh, especially those who are writers. They can immediately make out, this, this is writing of this person. So as a writer, I can, if somebody gives me text, immediately I can make out, this is chat GPT. <laughs> so, the chat GPT has only one voice in one sense. So, our, a part of us gets invested into our own words. So, it's important to also offer prayers in our own words. We can offer uh, the traditional prayers, but along with that, offer prayers in our own words. So, change the words means we can't change the words of scriptural prayers of the Acharya's prayers, but our own words, we can try to articulate in different ways. Just as when we are, say, if we are to give a class, or we are to share a spiritual message, formally, informally, then we try to phrase the same truths in new ways. Isn't it? Like Prabhupada said, old wine in a new bottle. So that principle is not just for attracting new people, it's also for attracting our own heart, activating the emotions of our own heart. So the same prayer or similar prayer, we can try to phrase in new words. Another thing we can try to do is that we take some time to introspect of whatever we are praying for, why is it that important for us? See, basically, there, when we talk about the way to the heart is in twos, it's through emotion and through reason. Emotion is a, strong, is a faster way, but emotion is fickle. It can come and go. Krishna says, Mai arpita mano buddhir. Why mana and buddhi? Because mana and buddhi are both ways to the hrudaya, to the heart. So, now, if our emotions are involved in the process, that's great. But at present, our emotions are very much influenced by our mind, and that's why they tend to be fickle. That's, so, buddhi is where we use our reason. Now, reason may not lead to a lot of emotion itself. But sometimes, with our reason, we can understand the gravity of something. And then, when something is heartfelt, that doesn't just mean it has to be emotional. Yeah, emotion is involved, but it, we just understand this is important, this is consequential. Mm -hmm. So, like sometimes if somebody is very grave about some issue, uh, in one sense gravity is also an emotion, but when a person is grave, they are not overwhelmed by emotion. But we understand that this person is really serious, something serious has happened over here. So, well, so we can have emotions coming by new words, but we can also have the gravita, gravity coming, the gravitas being infused by using our reason. And that can also bring depth to our prayers. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Prabhupada. Yes, there was a question here. Maybe we'll stop by 9.15, yeah. It was along the lines of the same questions which we asked was, you know, how... You know, we might come, you know, we say people come in front of the devotees and say, you know, uh, in front of the deities and say, you know, what are you doing for me? But as devotees, we might come and say, you know, Krishna, if you so desire, can you help me with this service or help me with that? So how does that, how's that different? That's fair enough. So it's not that, see, love does involve reciprocation. Reciprocation means we do something for Krishna and Krishna does something for us. That's how love is. But the problem is not with the reciprocation. The problem is with the purpose of reciprocation. See, reciprocation, when you talk about this, reciprocation can simply be transactional. Hmm? It's like one, a trader. 
Now I give you this and you give me that and that's all over. Or reciprocation can be transformational. That means in we offering something to Krishna and Krishna offering something to us, it is we who get transformed and we come closer to Krishna. So reciprocation is natural. Without reciprocation there is no relationship. But we want to also be transformed. So we pray to Krishna, yes Krishna, I'm, I'm in this trouble right now if say my health is terrible, if my health improves, I'll be able to do so much service more and I, I, I want to do this for you. Please, if you so desire, please improve my health. If you're praying that, that is not outside the domain of devotion. Hmm? In fact, uh, rejecting a prayer like that uh, is as mundane, is actually falgo vairagya. It's false renunciation. What can be used in Krishna's service if you don't use it, then that's false renunciation. So there's nothing wrong in the prayer. The problem is when we make the relationship conditional to the fulfillment of the prayer. That means if Krishna doesn't fulfill my prayer, what is the use of praying to him also? Or what is the use of even serving him? If that is not happening, then that's perfectly fine. A devotee uh, naturally has desires to serve Krishna and we need resources for serving Krishna. So if a devotee prays to Krishna for resources, that's not in itself wrong. But let's not make the relationship conditional to the, to the fulfillment of the resources. Okay? So, thank you very much. Kantraj, Srimad Bhagavatam ki, Srila Prabhupad ki, Gaur Bhakta Vrinda ki, Thai Gaur Premanandi.